What's up? This is Kalanji Yo, with Kamal Franklin. And we represent Renegade Culture. Culture, 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 culture. What it do? Yo, Renegade Culture. How y'all doing out nope, there? Nope, nope. Yo, Renegade Coaches upon the sets. Yeah, yeah. Yo, we live and direct. Kalanji Jama Chang in the building. Yo, Kamal K. Franklin holding it down. And the ear doctor. The ear doctor in the building. That's right. How you brothers doing, man? Great, man. Great. Yo, don't it feel good? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Renegade coaches catching a little bit of wave right now. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? We we in it's fifty some shows in. You know what I mean? And we've um, been finding them off the last few months. Yes. You know, we've been banging them out. Bang, you know bang, 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 bang. Popping yes. them, popping and my boy Witherspoon will say. Yeah, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Yeah, true. it's like the third show in seven days. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, people that's can't right. keep up, but but the listenership is going up. People yes. talking about us because as they should be. Of no. course, we don't. You know what shit. I'm saying? <laughs> Fuck you, think? <laughs> duh. Find out. Yeah, but um, you know, real shit. Uh, last week we talked about um, the documentary that was out, and that got a lot of a lot of folks buzzing and shit. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the listeners on that. That's right. Um. This past weekend, we did the live broadcast, so y'all make sure you go check that out. In case this is the first time you're listening, like I said, we about 50-something shows up in this biatch. Mm-hmm. Big, so, big. you know, we know we already we always getting uh, new listeners, and sometimes we forget that, um, you know, it might be a cat's first time listening. So, to all y'all, if it's your first time listening. Let them know. Welcome up in this bitch. True. What are you calling them? What are you calling them? The listeners? Uh, they the renegades. So, the welcome. Renegades. So now the official renegades. Renegades! What's up? Yes. Shout out to all the renegades out there. Um, what we're going to start doing, too, I was talking to the air doctor mm-hmm. a little while ago. Um, you know, we, we, we often get comments and, and statements and shit like that. So, we want to make sure we're going to start shouting everybody out. So, if you want a, a shout out, leave a comment on. Yes. That's Just what we're like going to do. We're going to do that. Out. Bang them out. All right. Yeah. So, we're going to call that the, the, instead of shout out, we're doing a shootout. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we letting off some shots. Look a shot. You know, so um can yeah. I, can I give a shot or two out now? I, I mean, why Real not? Quick. Yeah, you're gonna give Please a shout do. out to you know, big up to Montoya Smith who's okay. out there. She's listening. You know uh, what I'm saying? Montoya's a he, but you know. Oh shout out to Montoya. Oh, shout out Montoya. No doubt. <laughs> Be politically correct. Big right? up to Bernice Brown. Shout out to Bernice Brown. Um you know Burr. Yes, yes, she she be doing it, you know what I'm saying? Uh definitely an artist, the V in the building. All right. Mm-hmm. Trent Darcy Smith, and that's we. That's, that's just some shout outs right now. No doubt. Trent's our people out in New Orleans. Shout out to Trent and Sonny. We got a chapter we starting out in that's New Orleans. That's right. Coming mm-hmm. up. We got big announcements. Big announcements. Yes, we'll be in New Orleans March 20th. For those of you who are, you know, following us, you know, be on the lookout March 20th in O. Yeah. Remember, but, um, we just don't do this on the radio. We community organize. That's right. We're in, we're in the streets. That's right. But I want y'all to know, too, um, you know, I, we, we get a lot of folks that, you know, we go in the streets and they're like, oh, man, we love your podcast. You think it's dope, so on and so forth. We know some of y'all sneak listeners and you don't want to really just <laughs> say anything and shit because y'all want to know you fuck, fuck, folks know you fuck with us. We like we like the porn hub of podcasts and oh, shit. Motherfuckers oh, be sneaking oh, and listening oh, shit. Damn. Sneaking a peek. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Looking over their shoulders they be and run, shit. They be running up whispering like, oh, I heard your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> like, I heard your podcast. Oh. Like, look here. What's going on, Kamal? But anyway... Damn. Can't take this dude nowhere. Can't no, take I'm me saying. nowhere. I'm uh, sorry. But anyway, yo, but uh, definitely leave your comments at yeah. either on SoundCloud or Apple. You know what I mean? Because or on our Facebook page. You can go on yes. our Facebook page and leave some comments too. Renegade, Renegade Culture. Culture. Yes. Yo, we, um, got a, we got a guest today, don't we? We absolutely yes. got a okay. guest. Because well, we, we, well, we should say we have a special show tonight too. Yeah, because, true. yes. Um, uh, you know, by the time this show airs, it'll be. February 21st, and yes. it's the 55th year of Malcolm X's assassination. Absolutely. And even though, you know, a week or so ago, we dived into the Netflix special, mm-hmm. yes. what we really want to get into is who are the players really involved in Malcolm's assassination, and today, who is trying to benefit off yes. of Malcolm's assassination, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Who is yes. trying to take Malcolm out of who he was at the time of his, at the time of his death, and now make him into something completely different that's unrecognizable, particularly for the younger generation who are trying to honor Malcolm and say and 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 believe that they want to be like him. But no what doubt. but people don't know what's politics, then you can't be like him. And if other people try to control what his image is, then you can't really be like him. And we want to talk about that and expose that tonight. All right. No doubt. Stay tuned. You listen to Renegade Coach. <laughs>
listening to Renegade Culture Podcast with Kalanji, Kamal, and the Air Doctor. And social degradation. All of them from the same enemy. The government has failed us. You can't deny that. Anytime you live in the 20th century, 1964, and you walking around here singing, we shall overcome, the government has failed What's happening, Renegade Coach in the building? Yo, we back on the air with a special guest. No doubt. And you just heard one of our favorite MCs, you know what I'm saying? El Hodge Malik Shabazz, known as Malcolm X. That's right. Some of y'all know him as Detroit Red if you've been around long enough, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, to us, uh, you know what I'm saying, we the Freedom Fighters uh, position right here in these United States of America. You know what I'm saying? We know him as... Our Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Black Jesus. <laughs> El Hodge Malik Shabazz, Malcolm X, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? He died for you and me. Mm-hmm. No, up. that's true. That's true. Malcolm, and Malcolm's the man who, who, like, I think for a lot of us still, this generation, our generation and younger, sure. who politicized us through reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, through reading his speeches, hearing the videotapes. I think he gave real content and context to people's feelings around what was going on in America, not only back then, but today. And he right. still resonates as, as, as sort of like that father of black nationalism and black revolutionary power um, that we want to get into and talk about how we feel people are trying to steal that voice. Now, word up. Now, now for our listeners, now I know a lot of folks checked us out last week. We went over the uh, that Netflix documentary. What was the name of that joint? Who Killed Who Malcolm, killed Malcolm Who killed, X. Yeah. Who Killed Malcolm X. And, and since then, you know, we got the, had the opportunity to really just kind of... Uh, dig a little deeper into uh, the producers of the film and also uh, of the, the docu-series and also, um, you know, try to rewind because of the fact that we recognize as organizers, sometimes we take for granted that uh, folks know what time it is. So we wanted to call up one of our comrades um, who is a leading voice in today's movement and struggle. You know what I'm saying? Our main man, uh, Professor Jared Ball. For those of you who are not familiar with him, uh, he has a show, I Mix What I Like. And I Mix What I Like, I always like the intro. I mix what I like, what I like, what I like. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's real dope joint. But he's also an author. And one of the books that he's authored is a book called A Lie of Reinvention, Correcting Manny Marables, Malcolm X. So we want to get into that. Um, Dr. Ball, you with us? I am, and it's a pleasure. I, I, but, I, but I just want to be clear, just, just so I know you two know, but just so everybody else is clear. Uh, uh, you know, I, I co-edited the book with my man Todd Stephen Burroughs, Dr. No Todd Stephen Burroughs. Yes, sir. And, of course, uh, uh, Brother Kamal was one of the people that, that we went to, to to get a contribution. Uh-oh. And I look forward to... to uh, uh, I heard your show from last week too, and I and I loved it. So mm-hmm. uh, I look forward to this to, to being part of this one. And uh, you heard it, and you uh, still came on. <laughs> That's what I was. Of wondering. course. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 catch, I catch as many as I can actually, and I, and, and I want to come on. Just no doubt. I want to yeah. come on. And 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 uh, the Black Jesus thing is perfect, by the way, man. True indeed. This, this, you know the, the comparison with Malcolm, and by the way, you know the brother went away for a few years, right, and yes. then came back to the mm-hmm. community talking something different that that inspired people to revolution so the comparison is actually really appropriate resurrection so that's i mean let's start off with i mean again for folks you know it's been 55 years since malcolm's assassination um he's killed in harlem in the autobahn ballroom about approximately 3 p.m uh by assassins who were from uh, mostly um and there's some stuff we're going to get into about that the newark mosque of the nation of islam but as many people know, uh, even though some of those folks may have pulled the trigger, some of them might have been working for, there is speculation and some documentation that suggested some of them were working for the New York City Police Department. We know that the FBI, the CIA, and the New York Police Department um, wanted Malcolm dead, and there's evidence to suggest that they actually helped put uh, plot Malcolm's assassination as well as cause the rift and the split um, or help widen the split between Malcolm and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and some others within the Nation of Islam, which is not to say that that split wasn't real, but there were others who made sure that there was no coming back, uh, no healing, no bomb, uh, that was only made worse through time. 
and that led to Malcolm's assassination. Um, and since that time, we, uh, we know after Malcolm's death, many different groups and individuals have tried to uh, say lay claim to Malcolm's mantle in terms of where was Malcolm going as a organizer, activist, revolutionary, uh, early after Malcolm's death, the Socialist Workers Party in particular tried to pick up the mantle and claim that Malcolm was a socialist. Um, later on, we even had, you know, to be honest, Malcolm's family um, through the, 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 uh, the federal stamp trying to sort of rehabilitate Malcolm's image into a civil rights icon and leader. Right. And then it was taken to another level through Manning Marable and others in his book um, and Pinel Joseph in one of his books in which he tried to proclaim Malcolm as being sort of the forerunner to Obama. Again, putting him succinctly within a civil rights uh, mindset and environment um, as opposed to the revolutionary nationalist that Malcolm was at the time of his death. So, Brother Jared, I want to start off by asking you, have you talking about the book that you did co-edit and that you have a lot, had a lot of great people um, including myself, yeah, uh, write some fail. pieces in there. <laughs> have you noticed that Kalanji doesn't? Kalanji doesn't have a piece in the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a sour <laughs> was well, game. Was no, you know. well, I did get contacted by Manning Marables. <laughs> oh, Kalanji, you know, he sit on the sideline kicking rocks right now. But what inspired you? Come out and he didn't need too many heavyweights. What caused you? <laughs> what inspired you to to put out the book? Like, where, why did you think there was a need at that time to bring folks together to talk about Malcolm's legacy in response to Manning's book? So let's start there. Well, I mean, you, you actually you laid it out quite, quite well. And, and, and for a long time, I mean, a lot of us, uh, first of all, a lot of us who were either in, in black academic circles or activist circles or, or just generally interested in, in Malcolm's life had been hearing for years that, that, that Manning Marable was going to be releasing a book that contained the missing chapters of Malcolm's autobiography, and we were going to learn all these new things about his, his thoughts on religion and nationalism and capitalism. Was supposed, those were supposed to be, from my memory, the three sort of cornerstones that were supposed to be covered in those chapters. And I mean, I was going around for years to conferences, to meetings, and just hearing about it, hearing about it, hearing about it. So when we heard that this book was finally coming out, and and Marable, before he became too ill, was was going on some uh, some media tours uh, promoting the book, and we had been hearing about the Malcolm X Research Project at Columbia University and all this stuff. I, you know, I for one at least, I speak for myself, was very excited. Mm -hmm. And then when the then it, just as the book was about to come out, uh, uh, you know, this is something we should probably come back to. But Marable got really sick. And then uh, what I remember, because uh, 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 Ty uh, Burroughs and I and, and a couple others were doing radio up here in D.C., and we were paying attention, and Carl Evans came out with a review of the book that before the book fully came out, and, and, and who had already been critical of, of, you know, Carl Evans, the author about, you know, Judas Factor and many other books about Malcolm and, and the Nation of Islam. He came out with a review that just said, this, this, that just suggested the book was going to be a massive problem. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when we got the book, and I thought, you know, for me, uh, uh, and I don't suggest that this is the best way to be about it, but, but the way I am, or have become at least, is I'm almost only concerned about how people's ideas are discussed, and particularly these, these radical ideas that you outlined were, were, were comprising Malcolm and, and, you know, had all the different groups of people trying to claim him after his death. Um, so I'm always just interested. So, so when I got the book, I just wanted to see, you know, the, the honestly, the, the, the biographical stuff. This, you know, I'm not proud of this, but the biographical part, mm -hmm. the, the, some of the other details about his life, I just, I just don't care. I, or I, I don't care as much. Yeah. I want to know about the organizing, the ideas, the politics, the, what was he, you know, all of that stuff. What, the things that made him of interest to me as a young man and many of the rest of us and, and, and the things that made him a threat to the state, uh, uh, you know, at the end of his life, and and when you saw when I saw the book, it was just very clear that there was there was a, a clear attempt, uh, you know, with the book of that size and just methodologically, I just share, you know, I start by reading the intro and then the outro, mm -hmm. just to get an idea of what what the author is trying to say, uh, and then you can go back and read through the whole book and see. And it was just clear from that alone. I was already like, wait a minute, the epilogue alone, he he just as you said, put just as his protege. 
uh, Peniel Joseph would do with Manning Marable and also Stokely Carmichael. Looks like he's about to do again with a new book on Malcolm X and, and Dr. King. Um, uh, he's trying to just put him into this very mainstream, liberal, Democratic Party kind of civil rights kind of, you know, MSNBC liberal kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he would have been condemning the Muslim terror, so-called terrorists of 9-11. And he would have been, you know, <laughs> supporting Colin Powell and, and Condoleezza Rice's condemnation of, of, of Al-Qaeda. I mean, you know, he, he was like, that was the kind of black leader the book was, was depicting him as. And I was like, you know, obviously, you know. So, so even going back to what you said just a moment ago about the way different groups tried to use him, if there's any benefit or plus to it, mm-hmm. what at least the socialists were doing, what at least, cultural nationalists do, what at least nationalists do, what at least whatever the rest of us do, is it at least addresses some sort of politic that Malcolm was on some level grappling with. Mm-hmm. So so you get at least some idea, obviously he wasn't a socialist the way Brightman and them wanted him to be, mm-hmm. but but he, he, he was dealing with that as a concept, as an anti-colonial, anti-imperial, anti-capitalist thinker. So So that at least gives you an idea that that's some of what he was grappling with. But when you read Marvel's book, not only does it pass over that kind of stuff, but it takes a hostility towards it. It depicts mm-hmm. it as if man, as if Malcolm was immature in, mm-hmm. in, in thinking about pan-Africanism and, 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 and those other kinds of ideas um, so that they can get a, you know, uh, a bestseller. And I, I'll stop here, but I do think the more I've looked at it, and you know, we couldn't publish this, obviously, and I still don't have any you know, real, real proof that this is a lot of speculation, but I do really think that Marable never saw the final version of that Mm, book. And when you listen to Wendy Wolf and the public, the publisher of the book from Viking press, and you listen to the way she talks about her involvement and her political perspective, it to me sounds more like they got more involved. And I suspect that Manning was just, you know, Marable was just getting too sick at the end um, to really be involved. And I know there's that video of him holding up the book, Mm-hmm. But he, you know, he didn't look like he was in any kind of condition to have actually been reading it carefully and, and vetting it carefully and even producing much of, of what was in the final version. So, I, you know, I'm not trying to absolve him of anything yeah. and I'm critical of him, you know, but I'm just saying I, to me, it just feels more like a, a crafted product. Uh, um, and I know we want to talk about why they would do that, but, but, but uh, you know, to get a national bestseller and to to depict Malcolm in a way that because uh, he's too big to omit, but that wouldn't cause fear among people if, if he's discussed uh, on Netflix now. So so playing uh, <clears throat> crack is advocate, right? Um, <laughs> what uh, what do you feel would be the reason for them to uh, uh, Obama size Malcolm, for lack of better words? What do you think well, would be the well, reason to? You know, uh, in the in the sort of summary coverage of discussion of it that we have at at at, uh, at I make sure I uh, I have a video of Wendy Wolf, the, the the publisher from the editor from Viking Press, that as she says worked very closely with Malcolm. Uh, where, and I you know go through and kind of annotate it, but you can see for yourself. To me, she is she is. Uh, snitching on herself, really, for lack of a better way of putting it, mm-hmm. and explaining that she said, look, when I was growing up, I was afraid of Malcolm X. Wow. So she was saying, how are we going to, you know, basically she was saying, how are we going to to craft a book that talks about him in a way that's not going to scare uh, white, middle-class New Yorkers like me? <laughs> um, she talks about... Uh, uh, um, the, the, the need from her perspective to, to as, as we were critical of at the time, to quote-unquote humanize Malcolm mm-hmm. by being willing to talk about, of course, the claims of his homosexuality or, or his... Uh, uh, Supposed uh, affair you know. at the end. And even saying things like exactly. Betty. And saying that Betty had an extramarital affair and that the twins That's may right. not have been Mike Malcolm's. That's wow. right. That's, yeah. All of that correct. Yeah. They literally said, they literally, the line in the book says he could have gone to the motel that night to sleep with Sharon X pool, I think was the, the yeah. sister that they were claiming. Mm-hmm. I mean, could have in a book. I mean, and, and to your point that you raised earlier, they, they have, a, it's not a speculation. Marable, uh, uh, but also Skip Gates and other reviewers, positive reviewers of the book said, this is the definitive masterpiece, quote unquote, that should supplant the autobiography, which is, which was which to be discredited as, as ahistorical. Uh, uh, now that we have a, a true, complete mm-hmm. history 
uh, of demand provided by, uh, you know, an objective outside, you know, uh, unquestionable uh, scholar. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean it, it, it's fascinating. Uh, and, and when you read it, I mean, from a journalism or an academic uh, standard uh, of, of quality, you know, quality of research and citation, it just fails every test. Yes. I mean, any t- it's, just, it's just a horribly, you know, researched and, and argued book. It's but yet, yeah. that, you know, but yet it won the, the Pulitzer Prize, right? I mean, yet they gave it the highest journalistic writing award that they could to try to prop it up. Right. But we're going to come back in a few minutes to continue this discussion. Renegade culture, renegade. <laughs> To the Renegade Culture Podcast Show with your host, Kamal, and it is. What's happening, Renegade Culture? We back, back, back. We back at you. We talking about every all things Malcolm right now. True, um, true. We uh, we got 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 the homie Dr. Jerry Ball in the building. <laughs> yeah, they, they screaming for you, Jared. That shit sound like that shit sound like it. somebody hit, hit a button and shit. It's but, a huge, it's a huge studio audience here. I can't see that. So many people here. Hey, y'all, sit down, yeah, quiet, and sit. Keep your hand off me, man. Put your hand out my pocket. No, that's not that's, what you say, bro. That's not good. Yeah, yeah, good. Nope. Our producer's oh, a little different. Yeah, you don't understand. Edit that part understand. out. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, we back talking. Like my man said, we was talking about everything, Malcolm. Uh, but we was hitting on Malcolm's uh, uh, basically his assassination through characters, a character assassination. Yes. Post his assassination, um, and it's it's obvious why the uh, the again the FBI, the police department, and and the news media, the corporate media, right after Malcolm's death, uh, subscribed his death to being a, a a violent man who died a violent death, uh-huh. um, and uh, you know who's sort of in the dustpan of history. And they did not expect at that very moment for Malcolm's teachings and lessons to really take hold even more so in the black community post his assassination and lead to literally dozens of of movement-based organizations and new ways of thinking and heightened nationalism and um, heightened organizers and and activism. You know, we have the Black Panther Party, the Republic of New Africa, RAM, SNCC, SNCC, all these groups that either came out of Malcolm's um, sort of revolutionary nationalist theories. Heavily influenced. Heavily influenced and and inspired by. I mean, even to this day, you know what I mean? It's like the organizations that we are affiliated with you know what I mean Malcolm is like you know I, I I don't even think that we would be as effective as we are as organizers or or have proper politics for lack of better words had it had, had Malcolm not been a chapter in the book of revolution you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. to me um you know Malcolm in in, in our revolutionary Bible would be like taking out um, again, once again, not to sound sacrilegious for the hardcore Christian family, but um, it would be like taking Jesus out the Bible mm-hmm. for the Christians. You know what I'm saying? It is that deep, and and it's not, you know, because like we said, he's he's a man that was resurrected. He went from Detroit Red to Malcolm, and within an 11 year span, um, coming out of prison, you know. I mean, the the work that he did was so incredible that to this day, we were listening to some of his speeches earlier, and it's just, I mean, it's amazing. He He's an MC. Our producer was putting tracks up under his voice, and no matter what track you put up under it, it's on point. You know what I mean? Because, you know, he had that, uh, as Imam Jamal Alameen, formerly H-Rap Brown, said he's a man with muscle in his voice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He was able to, uh, to move mountains, and again, He's been, um, he's transitioned, he's been in an ancestral ancestral state longer than we've been on the planet, you know, and, and, and we still feel that impact to this day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Brother Jared, we want to bring you back in, because um, where we left off, we were talking about um, who benefited or who's trying to benefit 
from, and particularly the not only just the character assassination, uh, but the moving of Malcolm's politics into the sphere of civil rights as opposed to nationalism. And do you think like some of these authors, they think it's their job to to make Malcolm palatable to a larger white public because they are, they're interested in, in sales? Or you think it's partly it's their own ideological undertaking? Um, do you think it's also sort of a fear, like you, like you hinted at this, of, of bringing a Malcolm X into a mainstream dialogue where it's accepted as opposed to this outside revolutionary nationalist voice who people need to be fearful of? Well, you know, First, I just I, I definitely want to, to quickly uh, emphasize that uh, this is sort of the point that when uh, I'm not aware of any of us that have ended up in any of the spaces that any of us have ended up in where we didn't meet everyone there who was on, in not some way, if not in, in uh, to a large extent, inspired by Malcolm's autobiography. Mm-hmm. But when you read Marable's book, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm confident, first of all, it's so much longer than the autobiography. Hmm. Uh, but if you if you read the whole thing, uh, I'm confident that no young person reading about Malcolm for the first time in that book will, will reach the conclusions that any of us have reached. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I think, part of the design that, right. that as we know, the, the fifth tenet of the counterintelligence program said specifically uh, after already naming Malcolm as the martyr and the, the messiah that, that, that was, you know, taken out, you know, um, uh, early uh, that that the the fifth tenet says that all measures should be taken to prevent black youth from picking up those politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when when black youth today who are who are suffering material conditions that are worse now than when Malcolm was alive, uh, you, you know, despite appearances, uh, the conditions are actually worse, uh, and and globally, it's it's way worse. Uh, so when they start looking at those conditions and saying, well, I want to do something about it and think who's, who's going to inspire me. And then they pick up this Marable book. Right. They're going <laughs> to, they're going to sit right, right back down and turn MSNBC right back on and end up voting for Bloomberg in 2020. I mean, it's going to be like, they call themselves the revolutionary. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That's right. Cause it don't, it doesn't, it doesn't deal with, like you said, in, in it's only sort of in a really a historical fashion. Right. Not only dealing with Malcolm's international politics and what he was doing right. with uh, inter- with uh, African leaders on the continent, post-colonialism, trying to shape relationships that talk about the revolutionary uh, positioning of Africans and, and the African diaspora in a larger world context. Right, right. Yeah. And it also... Now, uh, I don't know... Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I, you know, I think all the time when you talk about the why and all that, I think all the time when, you know, in, in Francis Stone or Saunders' book uh, uh, about the CIA and the global cultural Cold War, she talks about, she quotes a CIA operative who, who developed uh, um, European uh, magazines that were just meant to manipulate the pop cultural discussion uh, a, a way to, to keep white radicals away from communism mm-hmm. was the initial goal. But they talk about, they say, you know, we don't have, he said something like, we don't have to pick people and tell them to do this or that. He said, we just sort of create a set of criteria and people will find it. So, you know, you don't have to tell a scholar to say this about Malcolm. You just Mm -hmm. set up a criteria and and the people who will, who who, uh, uh, have an affinity to that will find their way to it. And if they write well enough or if they present themselves well enough or if they're friendly well enough with, with, a, with a well-positioned scholar like a Manning Marable or a Henry Louis Gates who, who executive produced the Netflix piece, um, then they get positioned to, to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And when you go back and look at the, 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 the perspective, particularly of a Henry Louis Gates and others, uh, to the politics that Malcolm dealt with and others dealt with and all the subsequent radicals dealt with are dealing with today, he has been aggressively hostile to those politics. Mm-hmm, right. So it's not it's not a matter of whether we like him or don't like him. It's yeah. just that it's it's an objective reality. The man hates uh, uh, socialism and pan-Africanism and anti-imperialism and, and guerrilla warfare and armed self-defense. He hates all the things that are... So for him now to be executive producing the story, mm-hmm. which is really, in terms of Netflix, just a visual representation of Manning Marable's book. Absolutely. Um, it's... It, 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 it's a massive propaganda hit that does tremendous damage that I think, again, is meant to speak to the young people today 
who are saying clearly this is not whatever we're being told is not right. And but when they look for the the guidance that that my generation and our generation look for, it's going to be different, mm-hmm. if not weakened and, and and you know ruined. It's funny that you're saying that because it, it strengthens. Um, you know, a few years ago we heard a lot of young folks talking about uh, I am. This is not my grandfather's or my grandparents' revolution. You know what I'm saying? And it, it sort of adds uh, fuel to that when they see this film or they read that book and they're thinking like, oh, you guys talking about this Malcolm guy like he as if he was someone. And in reality, you know, he just was surrounded by some haters and he was ex this <laughs> and ex that. You know what I mean? So I, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious. I think we should really uh, let's tap into that film situation because of the fact that I think that, um, you know, you mentioned Henry Louis Gates being one of the executive producers. Um, after last show, I went back and, you know, we already knew that, um, what's, what's dude name? Abdul Rahman. We already knew that, you know, um, he assisted, uh, Marable on the, um, on, 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 on authoring the book or, or just provided research. But we also see that he went and actually sought, uh, consultation from the Manning Marable estate. So you have all these particular players in this particular piece. Tell us what are your thoughts on the actual film itself, and what, 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 what was the purpose of this particular film? Because we know that it wasn't about why Malcolm was assassinated; it was more, you know, on the on the who, and um, you know, a, amongst whatever other agenda. It's funny because uh, Brother Muhammad, who put that film together, is apparently uh, either lives or is in the area up here in the D.C. Maryland area, and he's been on a lot of local uh, uh, commercial radio and television. Uh, uh, and at least in one instance that I caught, he's promoting a version of the film that he didn't even make. And <laughs> so it's in, in the sense that when he sounds like when he gets in front of a blacker audience, uh, even a commercial one, right. he can start, you know, talking a little bit differently than them. But, but when you see the film, it's like, wow. And, um, and by the way, he's on the radio claiming to be, he said, I'm one out of the 350 million people in the United States, the one to solve the murder, the mystery murder, the murder mystery of Malcolm X. Which is ridiculous. Uh, despite. Did he see all, his film? You know, just, <laughs> huh? Did he, he see his film? That on, on, I'm sorry? Did he actually see the film that he put out? <laughs> I'm saying, I mean, I wonder if he saw the film that he put out, but I'm, but I'm also wondering if he really, if, if he somehow, I don't know how he's convinced himself of that when, when you literally, and though he's upset about his, his inclusion, you, you include that condo in your yes. documentary who named the killer in 93. So, right. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know. Yeah, anyway, Lamar but, Johnson but, disease. But, but, <laughs> but uh, um, but what I think is fascinating is so first of all when I first started watching it I, I was I was uh, uh, bothered by how well I thought it was uh, made to look aesthetically so I mean I think they could they do a good job of shooting it and editing it and I even thought the the the, the intro soundtrack was was kind of hot I hate to admit yeah. it I was like so, yeah. so so that made me upset because when you start to see, <laughs> you, you know, what they do to it, it's like you set us up mm-hmm. and you right. put together this little delicious little package and then there's nothing in it. Yeah. And so, so I, I, you know, by the end of the first, uh, I don't think, I think I noticed that uh, Kondo doesn't show up at all in the first segment, which I, which I thought was, which uh, was just uh, very telling. And then I saw all the players, Peniel Joseph, Zahir Ali, mm-hmm. um, uh, leading the way, uh, Zahir Ali of the, the, the Columbia University uh, Malcolm X Project, who's been the number one promoter of the book after Manning's uh, death, mm-hmm. um, uh, who has said that he was doing it to promote his own brand. And at the time, he wouldn't come on my radio show. <laughs> he was saying that he didn't want to do it because he, he didn't feel like he and the, and, the, and the group of students that he, you know, uh, that are now named to take credit for the book really had that much to do with the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, you know, but, but he didn't want to separate himself from the brand. And because, you know, 10 years later, here you are on a Netflix, yeah. a, a major Netflix documentary. And that, that was the point that, that bothered me from the beginning being that I see playing out now. Yeah, being presented as a premier, um, uh, either biographer of, okay. of Malcolm, uh, someone who's who wants to pretend as if he's steep in his history, and again, like he's either knowledgeable or even sometimes I would suggest doesn't even understand some of those politics. I was, I was curious because you know to see uh, Zach Condo in the film at first made me think 
that's what gave me some feeling of like there's some authenticity to this piece. Right. But I also feel like, you know, I mean, he was used Oops. in such a sort of suspect way. And I'm sure there might be a lot on the editing room floor. And I know Carl Evans, who was the other biographer through the Judas Factor, who also, you know, uh, uh, 25, 30 years ago also named the assassins um, right. of, of, of Malcolm X. Um, and who's recently through a Facebook post even going as far as to say that Norman Butler X, who was convicted, um, uh, but was later sort of exonerated by um, uh, by uh, Thomas Hager, uh, actually was there at the scene. He's producing some photographic documentation. So I, I, I feel like those two, I, I'm curious if you know anything about how Zach Kondo feels about his usage. I think it's obvious that Carl Evans from some of his his online posts feels that this was just a continuation of a hit job against Malcolm's uh, character. Well, I know. Uh, so, so I know that Kondo is furious and is going to be uh, updating his conspiracies book and is going to include discussion of what happened with this Netflix documentary and that. And he is going to uh, also be doing some panels, uh, you know, uh, I think around the country uh, over the next couple months. Um, uh, so, so, and I know I'll be a part of at least one of them. And so I'll have it, I'll make sure the audio gets captured for everybody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but, but he was serious and he, 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 you know, he told me, uh, but I mean, and, you know, I, I, first of all, I just want to share very quickly as I started watching the documentary, I got all in my personal self ego feelings, selfish feelings. I was all, I was just bad. I was like, you know, just, you know, how are they going to, you know, and when I saw that A. Peter Bailey is in the documentary right. and Condos in the documentary who had contributed to our book, but they were being juxtaposed against Peniel Joseph and Zahir Ali, uh, I, I got I got frustrated because I was saying, uh, to me, I, I was like, they're being played to, to make it right. seem like there was no controversy around Marable's book, around the way Malcolm's being presented, and here you are making it seem like they're all just part of the, the regular rotation of scholars uh, uh, and, and, and making it almost seem like they're co-signing Zahir Ali and, and, and Peniel Joseph. But as I watched the whole documentary and got out of my own feelings, I could see it was clear that, with, you know, knowing, having read Kondo's work and knowing about him, that it was clear that what was done in that documentary was not representative of what you know he had to have said mm -hmm. uh, in a full interview. And the same thing with Bailey. So, and then having talked to, to Kondo and heard Bailey on, on uh, my man Brother Kaba's radio show up here in D.C. the other day, both of them, uh, Bailey said he hasn't even seen the Netflix thing, but is getting calls from people all over the country wondering what the hell happened, and, and made it clear on the radio show, if, if my comments about the FBI and the CIA and internationalism and Malcolm's influence in, in the global political world, if all that stuff is not in there, then they edited it out and it's not a representative interview. Kondo mm -hmm. saw the thing and was much more aggressive and is mm -hmm. going to be much more aggressive in his response because he was saying, they, he said, man, I not only spent the whole day with them, but they come to my classroom and watch me teach. Mm -hmm. wow. And they edited out everything that he said uh, about, uh, first of all, if you read conspiracies, he starts off the book by talking about, yeah, I know the nation was involved, but there's a, a context of the state political assassination plan and plot and scheme and all this that has to be taken into account. And he breaks that, he starts off the book with that. Mm -hmm. So the idea that he's going to sit down and talk to an interviewer for hours and have it all be about the nation of Islam is just absurd. Right. Um, wow. But you have to do that. And so, so again, like you can't make a documentary and make it just as you were saying, I had the same feeling. Well, condos in it, damn, it must be. And they know that that's, that they know they have to do that yeah. because yeah. anybody, you, you can't leave these cats out. So you have to edit it in a way that, that would make them, Period. Well, let's stop right here so that we can come back with one more segment of Renegade Culture. In a no second. doubt. It's crazy because we said it. You are listening to Renegade Culture Podcast with Kalanji, Kamal, and the Air Doctor. Saturday Renegade coaches in the building. Yeah, we back on the air talking about Malcolm. Shout out to my man Kaba out in D.C. I know uh, Jared mentioned uh, 
My man Kyle by the soul singer out there on the on the radio doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? Um also uh I wanna point out that uh I I had, uh, was messaging Carl Evans, uh author of Judas Factor. So when you hear this piece right here, mm-hmm. uh Renegade Culture, today being the fifty fifth year commemoration, not anniversary, of the assassination of El Hajj Malik Shabazz Malcolm X. There should be a piece out by Carl Evans, so make sure you all look for that as well. We'll be posting it, um, giving his review on the Netflix series, you know, so stay tuned. Yeah. So I wanted to hit a little bit further. You know, the producer brought up a good thing, too, was like the the Spike Lee film. And you paired some of the stuff um, about how these figures, you know, they fit a certain profile or certain ideology and the conditions are set for them to sort of walk in. Uh, and it, it sort of it brought me back to like Noam Chomsky and manufacturing consent, where the role of the media in terms of propaganda um, and, it's, and some of this stuff, just it sounded so familiar as in you have these sort of bourgeois aspirational writers who want to be very accepted mainstream wise, who begin to write things that they know that a larger white public will now begin to read and adopt as, uh, oh, this makes Malcolm accessible to me. And he's no longer sort of the, uh, again, I say the threatening figure who wanted to overturn their system, right? Overturn their system because it was oppressive and still is oppressive. And so it's interesting to me, like how these writers fit into these, these modes of operation. Um, and then they become the voices who get to, actually document our history again um, and put that out there for the public. Um, do you have any response for that? I, yeah, I, well, one, I want to selfishly start with that. It also paints the picture that all of us in academia think this way. Mm-hmm. And this is where you get this ivory tower nonsense and all this other stuff. And what people forget is just like any other industry, you have uh, people who are presented as the, the spokespeople of a whole group uh, while many others are, are literally suffering for trying to, to defend certain positions or make certain arguments, and they're kept from you know the limelight. Mm-hmm. So that's I mean so so that's one certainly one part of it. But but uh, um, uh, another thing you mentioned that I think deserves a lot more discussion than I know we have time for right now is the role propaganda plays in all of this. Uh, and I know just, again, selfishly, my own work has made me focus on that a lot more. And I've even underestimated uh, the role propaganda has played in this country, particularly since World War II. And when we look at that, we have to understand that from the perspective of those in power, they've been very clear that film and music and television and social media and the Internet in general are meant to give them what they call full spectrum dominance. Mm-hmm. This is not so. This is not about presenting history or even entertainment. I don't even believe there is anything for, for things entertainment anymore. This is about presenting a worldview that makes rebellion, if not impossible, unlikely. Uh, in large part because you know th- there's no inspiration or guidance to it. Uh, when you know to get people out of uh, to get us from that initial state of oh uh, damn this sucks to what we what do we do next. And all of us, everyone throughout history has always needed some sort of guidance or inspiration uh, from where to go next. And we're being cut off from that. And that's why I keep being worried mostly about how are the ideas being represented. And that's really my only concern. I don't really care. Now, it's true there's no evidence for his homosexuality or these other affairs and all this other stuff. But I don't care if any of it was true because none of that was why he was targeted. Mm -hmm. None of that was about what he was trying to develop. Uh, and if you start to, and the other part, by the way, this was something I definitely wanted to mention. By cutting off, the way Marable's book doesn't mention the counterintelligence program at all, this documentary barely mentions it, uh, and almost in passing. And even when they talk about the FBI, they don't talk about the counterintelligence program other than one reference in mm-hmm. six hours of film. Uh, and the reason I think that that is done is because you can talk about the FBI and you can keep it as a local issue. And then you can do just as the as, as Marable's book did. You can make it about the FBI just sort of uh, hanging back and watching. As Kalanji, you pointed out, there's this, this beef between you know the NOI you know and Malcolm, 
uh, they're just hanging out. They're just watching. They're not, you know, not doing anything. They're just watching. You know, not you don't, you don't need to ask why they're watching. Okay. But then there's no, and, and, and Kamal, as you mentioned, there's no, by cutting off COINTELPRO, you cut off the international piece. So there is no discussion of the CIA. There's no discussion of military intelligence and all these other entities, the NSA even, being involved in surveillance and being involved in, in or the, 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 the very, the things that would become these, these entities being involved in, in doing uh, 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 all of the, the, the surveillance and the, the manipulation and the assassination, all the other stuff that was going on, and the connections between the assassination. So, they, so you, you know, we, don't, we, we act like Malcolm's assassination had nothing to do, uh, as others have pointed out, with either the Kennedys or with uh, uh, Martin Luther King or with Fred Hampton or with uh, uh, Medgar Evers. I mean, there's, there's uh, well, maybe less so him in that particular sense, but in the, in the specific sense, but, but there's, these grand threads get cut off. Right. So then it does just become a, a beef between cats in the hood, as if, it, you know, yeah, yeah. With, with no meaning beyond that. And it's, and it's right, like the East Coast, West Coast beef. Yeah. Right, right. That's it. Yeah. And I think the other thing it does is, again, this sort of repositioning of Malcolm is putting him within the civil rights icons um, yeah. is that Malcolm was only fighting for more rights in America. Like Malcolm, you know, a lot of these documentaries and these, these books, you know, now they like to theme Malcolm with putting the American flag next to him, whether they're carving it into an X as Spike Lee did back in the day or, or just showing him in, in some sort of true American hero light like he was uh, actively dis- ex- like uh, uh, mobilizing around integrating black folks in America, which cuts off the critique of what American capitalism, imperialism, white supremacy, and racism really is, and makes him now one of these other folks who is now just struggling to open up America to have us included. And so again, it gives this perspective of, so now this is the correct way to struggle, the correct way to advocate and to organize. And again, at least even people to today who think of themselves as radicals, using Malcolm's words, but depoliticizing Malcolm's actions and actual work that he was laying bare. No, that's exactly right. And again, that's why the first thing I noted with Marable's book is that he, he depicts Malcolm as someone who uh, would have voted for Barack Obama when I think it's more appropriate to, 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 to think that had he not been assassinated, there would have not ever been a Barack Obama. Right. Uh, because that kind of neoliberal uh, black face to imperialism could not have been presented to us as a legitimate black leader if Malcolm is still here. Mm-hmm. And that's it, or we're still around, and that's sort of the point. And, and and that's why I keep thinking his ideas have to be attached because even if the man is physically gone, if the ideas are still relevant and being worked with, and debated and dealt with, whatever, uh, people can't be you know buying into the things that we're being forced to buy into now. Uh, and and again, as we gear up for another presidential election, when you go back and you read, and this was one of the key points that I noted in, in terms of Marable's flaws in his book. If you go back and look at what Marable's book says about Malcolm's analysis of the vote, he literally cuts off sentences to to recast Malcolm as someone who, again, would have been voting for Barack Obama or probably, again, in 2020, Bloomberg, or I guess at best, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> uh, again, I don't think it's going to get that far. But, but uh, uh, when he was clearly saying, Malcolm, that is, that our vote needs to be used as a sort of as a, as a political weapon that organizes us where we are producing our candidates and producing the platforms and be making the candidates, you know, be, be beholden to those platforms. That's very different than waiting for the, the next DNC delivery mm-hmm. of a candidate from the top down uh, right. uh, or, or waiting for a billionaire to buy his way into an, an election and say mm-hmm. we have to vote for him because he's at least somewhat better than Trump. I mean, yeah. that's just not, that's not where the analysis that Malcolm clearly was. It's not, this isn't even, this is, that's his objective uh, analysis that he left us. I mean, that's, you can just read it. That isn't even brought up in any of these documentaries or any of these popular books. So, so never mind all of the other isms and ideas that he was dealing with that we know are not welcome. Uh, and that, to me, is the biggest problem in all of it. Uh, and uh, uh, and I admit to being frustrated, even as I understand that it has to happen, uh, because the biggest weapon that those in power have is the ability to manipulate public opinion. To again, you brought up Chomsky, 
uh, and to manipulate public opinion in terms of black political thought, you just have to take our favorite symbolic revolutionary symbols and turn them into democratic liberals. I mean, it's, it's gross. <laughs> you, you know the ill the ill shit about it, man. One thing that um, you know, every time I hear Manning Marable's name, uh, I think of his death and and Malcolm's quote, "Chickens coming home to roost." I just feel like mm. it, it is so fitting, and you know, I, I don't wish nothing upon anyone. I really, you know, if I had it my way, I'd have him stick around and explain, um, you know, this this bullshit. Because of the fact that I think it is, it is one of the most disrespectful, uh, sacrilegious acts against a a member of of one one of our ancestors. I think that it it is disgusting, and to to and, and I, I often see these these pictures with with Malcolm and Barack, and, mm-hmm. and it's like the, <laughs> the the craziest shit in the world. It's like, I mean, I, I could never understand it. It's like having I don't know, Rakim and and Vanilla Ice as as MCs or some shit. Like, I mean, how does that work? You know what I mean? So, I, and, I mean, you know, but, my bad, man. But I, see, but this is, you, I admit, man, that that you know, I'm a little uncomfortable with with what you said, only because, and I say, I, I put it to you this way, because as I said, I I, I think more and more that Marable did not have as much to do with the final version of this book. Mm-hmm. As he's now forced to, to suffer the blame for, and I also and I and I have not done this work myself, and I, I and Marable was never you know I have to admit he was never among the, the people I went to first in terms of scholarship, but I've read enough of his work that I think that if we went, really did a hard look at his work, we could see that this last book was a departure. Like mm-hmm. I just feel like this book. I hear what you're saying. I mean, right. and, I, and I don't, I don't begrudge you the anger in, 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 in response, but but I'm just like when you look at his body of work and his history, I right. just don't think that that this is emblematic of where where he was, and I just feel like because it just feels too far. Because <laughs> right, right, like right. you, I mean, he just went too far, and the scholarship is so bad. Yeah. That's right. the other part. Like no, whatever I, think we, I mean, Marable, I don't know. I just can't. I just struggle with, with how bad I think the there's truth is. in that because there, you know there's lots of Manny Marable books that were really inspiring in the past that I read Race Reform Rebellion and several others so I I too was sort of taken aback but I also think that over the last few years of Manning's life that he was shifting in another direction that seemed to suggest mm. that he was looking for a larger public intellectual profile than what he'd had in the past. Yeah, that's what and right. that that's this book probably fit into, um, uh, particularly again, receiving the Pulitzer and so forth, uh, allowing him to claim a new space as an elder state statesman similar to what Henry Louis Gates had already claimed and the monetary rewards, quite frankly, right. that come with that. But on that note, you know, we're wrapping it up. We want to thank Dr. Jared Ball for joining us tonight yes. for Renegade Culture, talking about talking about Malcolm's. All the people in the audience are applauding <laughs> yeah. you, brother. Yeah. Yeah, Malcolm's. Yeah. Um, I know, let him rock. I love it. Let, let him rock. rock, rock. It. One more time, y'all. Come on. For, for my yeah. brother, Jared. <laughs> laid it out. Laid it out. Right now. Yes, yes, y'all. <laughs> Pass, pass that good smelling stuff y'all got over there. All right, we'll be right back, you guys. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. Renegade Culture. Yeah. AJ, thanks, man. Hey, to- thank you both, man. I thank all three. I appreciate everybody, man. Thank you very much. Let's have the Renegade Coaches in the building. Yo, we back on. Okay. Yes. Great show tonight. Excellent show. Jared Ball. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get lots of responses from this. True indeed. Tonight we was talking about El Hajj, Malik Shabazz, Malcolm X. We did part two. Mm-hmm. The joint we did last week. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? Shout out Loose. Loose is in the building. Oh, oh Loose. What up, Loose? Loose is like, Ra. The real Ra. Jamaican. Ra. Ra. Loose, my man. Shout out to Loose. Just left Golden Crust in the building. Can I get a beef patty? You know what I'm saying? A beef patty, please. Yes, okay. Golden Crust with some white crust around his lips. With some oh, ah. oh, oh, hey. oh. So the man lips was chapped. Oh, all right. Up. Let's keep moving. Yo, we got yeah. some shout outs. We got a shout out. Shout out to some of our listeners. You know what I'm saying? Um, Few folks responded to uh, a joint I left on on the Facebook page. Shout out to Kwabana Siddiqui Rasuli. 
Uh, shout out to Divine Myers. True. Akil Fahad. Oh, that's my man. You know what I mean? David Tavares, a.k.a. Minister Server. Love that band. Love that dude. You know what I'm saying? Darren Divine is in the building. What? That's my homie. My man, DJ Beckham. What? You know Beckham too? Indeed. Ben Saeed. Like Beckham. Saeed Malik in the building. Yo, Saeed. He said we better than the Brexit Club. He's a wise man. That's Word. smart dude. That's Rodney smart. Sattler. Yo, Rodney King. Rodney Sattler's from Bridgeport. Man, not that's that, my man. Not that, Rodney. Back. That's really somebody else from Bridgeport? Yeah. Watch your blood clot. You got access to the internet. <laughs> my <laughs> man Trent Darcy Smith straight out of New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to him. Hey, man. You know what I mean? Montoya Smith. You know what I mean? He One more. Wrap that shit up. Uh, <laughs> we got... Jabari Zaki, Simone Israel. Uh, I would shout out this cat, Daniel Can See. Whoa. Denise right. Brown. That's FX. All right. We love yes. y'all. We love y'all. Yes. Yo, we got yeah. a bold question here. Yeah, yeah. And in in I, it's it's amazing that I picked this bold question out. Okay, it wasn't. I, I fucked around and looked and I found it. Yeah, you fucking right. cheat. Shut the fuck up. A liar, um, lawyer, liar. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh, and so this yeah, one, liar, uh, this brother. question is for our bold question. We're going to answer this quickly. What was your introduction to Malcolm X? This man said, ah. what was your ah. man said oh, This man finally came up with a good question. You I know, know and he spelled it right. Yeah, Malcolm X, right? He spelled Malcolm I was X, right? Yeah, I was shocked. He put E-X. I thought it was going to be a Y and shit like that. I was going to put the Roman numeral. Malcolm E-X. Oh, damn. I'm going to do a mom real quickly. All right, do yours. My mom first talked about Malcolm, and then I picked up the autobiography and started reading it. And to be completely honest, it, it literally, that book literally changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, all praises due to El Hajj Malik El Shabazz on the 55th commemoration of his assassination. No doubt. For me, I started off, uh, I saw a video clip, and then, you know, moms talked about Malcolm, and uh, from there, I, I was intrigued. You know what I mean? So I wanted to go seek out. Um, the first thing I did was I went to an encyclopedia, an old ass. Britannica. Britannica, wow. yes. Oh, I remember it. And, and then I went to World Book. They had like, yes. all together had like The first lines. internet. The yes. first internet. The of brown ass. Yes, yes. Fuck it. I used to read. I know that's against your religion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You motherfuckers in Jersey Morris don't read shit. Morris Brown. Morris Brown. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so I, I started to look out and then I caught, uh, I was able to buy the autobiography of Malcolm X. Uh, I think I bought it with my allowance. And... I was I was walking around with that book like it was, you know, like like I had gold and shit. Words. Like yo, and to be honest with you, I probably was stuck reading the first couple chapters for like the longest because of the fact that I really wanted to um, truly understand and embody what this guy was about. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So Malcolm and the Black Panther Party, those were like, you know, the unsung heroes of that particular moment. I learned th about Malcolm X through hip hop. It had to be with Chuck D and uh, Big Daddy Kane. And then when the patches came out with the uh, Malcolm X patches and the yeah, Africa yeah. patches, yeah. all mm -hmm. that, that that whole hip hop thing brought Malcolm X out for me. That's what I learned. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, right. Luce, you, you, uh, you heard of Malcolm X? No, nothing, nothing about Malcolm. Like, yeah, you know Marcus Garvey is all right. Oh, uh, see, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, Paul you know, Bogle, Bob right? Marley from the Bob Marley. Yeah, try to you know play the God. Ain't like two of them. Holly Selassie. Holly Selassie. I am from Jamaica. That's right. You know, those people were introduced to me first. Mm -hmm. Cool. But, yeah, I, I heard about Malcolm um, just through the crowd that I was running with. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And um, and then later on the movie. Yeah, 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 the yeah. movie did a lot for everybody. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yo, so we had a great show tonight. Yo, we yes. we didn't say thank you, playback sounds. Like I ever said, I mean, I'm saying. Why not? Just saying, we haven't said it for a while. Just want to make Appreciate it make it be known, or even through all the jokes. Sounds. Production been on point. I'm just production. Saying. You know, the, better than normal. About, better than normal. And they, they're getting a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of folks hitting me up. Like, yo, how can we get down playback sounds? This and that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I think they're under the assumption. That uh, the show is dope because of playback sounds. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we was to do a percentage, I'm just saying. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm, just, we I'm like, be on the echelon. Yes, I'm like, listen, niggas, <laughs> you got to get the renegade culture on your show, and then you get the full throttle. Check but for now, Check call my man loose because he got the juice. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Knock is the chief rocker when he's sipping that vodka. True. You know what I'm saying? And Kamal. You know, I don't know. How what you like do. me now? You ah, Kumo Kamal, bringing it back. Yo, you can check us out. Wow, wow, Culture, Renegade Culture Yes. Facebook. 
Yes, check uh, us out on Patreon as well. You know Patreon, what I'm saying? Because, yeah, give us some dough. Yeah, we can be, we can be all these yeah. folks talk about how they you know love the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, put a ring on it, motherfucker. <laughs> true, put that shit. True. You know what I'm saying? Yo, and real quick, you can go to Instagram at Playback Studios ATL if you want to know more about Playback Sound. Hit oh, that was cute. Yeah, Cat just did like, a Playback commercial. Shit. Hey. And while you on Instagram, go follow, follow them motherfuckers. But also, Renegade Culture Podcast. Boom. Yo, holla black at us. Renegadeculture.org is the place to be. Peace. All right. One love.